Hey there, guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 78. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. Today, we're going to be talking about entertainment and gaming news, including the Scott Pilgrim anime and, and Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Then, we'll get into our recent activities, such as Demon Slayer Season 2. Lastly, our thoughts on the Twitch TV watching meta. So first is the newest Batman trailer, Bat, the Bat and Cat trailer, and it was also announced that this movie is going to be rated PG-13 officially uh so yeah first we'll talk about the trailer i think that this trailer uh once again you know does a good job demonstrating what mad reeves is going for this iteration of batman and i think a lot of people are behind it including myself i'm very excited to see how this movie does whether it does come out in march or not i know that they also announced that this was going to come to hbo max sometime in june or something like that um but yeah i mean this looks like a very faithful rendition very new version of the batman character and i cannot wait to see how it turns out yeah i mean it looks good like i think the um i think the first trailer might have been a little stronger i mean this Mm -hmm. one still looks pretty nice and stuff like it shows more of like how i guess the tone of the movie is gonna be like there's some cheesy lines in there like catwoman (laughs) was like i got nine lies yeah yeah, okay okay. (laughs) but uh you know that's not really a bad thing or anything you know like not every batman has to be like super uber serious like the um Christopher Nolan ones where they were like, you know, yeah, more played straight. Like, this could be a little more silly if I wanted it to be. But it, it still looks like it has that Batman charm to it, being all gritty and stuff. Like, I like all, a lot of the, um, all the costumes look really good. Like, the sets look nice. Like, everything about it looks good. It was just have to see when it actually, like, comes out and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I got good vibes from it. You know, DC is usually pretty hit or miss with a lot of their movies. But um, Batman usually hits the mark. I know even, like, Dark Knight Rises, which I know some people don't really like that much. I thought it was still pretty good. Um... So yeah, Batman movies usually like hit pretty well. So let let's just hope this one hits as well, because um you know now with the they add the at the end of everything, so the Joker, <laughs> the Suicide Squad, those two movies have been good. So hopefully the Batman could be uh, another hit right there. Um, I, I'm not the the biggest Batman fan ever. Like I I enjoy the movies and casually just enjoy whatever he makes or whatever or not mm-hmm. he makes but you know whatever DC does with uh, Batman. So um, I have some hopes for this. You know, hopefully they can make this into a, maybe a trilogy if they want to. It doesn't have to be, obviously. But, um, you know, and hopefully they don't ruin it like Wonder Woman. <laughs> or the second one for that. Because I thought the first one for Wonder Woman was good. So, but yeah, uh, from what I'm looking like here, it looks pretty good. Yeah. And back going back to a Black Cat and sort of like her lines, I believe Cosmonaut Marcus, he tweeted on Twitter, like, I don't think Black Cat will ever say a line and it's not going to be like corny or cheesy or whatever <laughs> the fuck. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, it's probably right because of just how that character is. But yeah, that is kind of funny. Um, the movie being PG-13, I think that, that that was kind of expected. I think some people were expecting an R rating just because of how gritty and how edgy it was. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, this is a superhero movie at the end of the day and they kind of want to make money, right? So making it PG-13 and not going all the way to rated R is fine by me. I know that there's, you know, people online that are upset about that, but it is what it is. Um, I know that someone made the point that like there's Lego sets for this movie. Do you really think it was going to be rated R? And I was like, true. <laughs> um, you know, like I said, merchandising is a big part of these movies and which is why a lot of studios, especially the superhero movie ones, uh, they are very hesitant on making an R-rated movie because they're limited on the merch that they can make from then on out. So, yeah, I think it also just depends on the how popular the character is. Like even mm-hmm. like Venom, right? Like I know a lot of people want Venom to be R, 
But I think Venom is such a popular character. You know, a lot of kids like Venom. I mean, I love Venom as a kid and stuff. Um, so they probably wanted to reach as many audiences as possible so they could, like, yeah, buy, like, Lego sets and shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, it makes sense they want to make it just R. You know, like, if, if it fits the vision really, really well, like, like Joker, like, you know, I, I can't really see that being PG-13 at all. Uh, same thing with the Suicide Squad. But I feel like those movies have less marketability as you know sound like batman mm-hmm. or whatever yeah um, i mean I, I, I know this is all like speculation or whatever but um kind of seems to be the case like they don't really want batman to be like a rated r thing because that'll just you know make it less people will watch it and stuff but um it doesn't need to be r though like i, I think batman could work as a non-r movie not like the joker where i feel like that kind of had to be r same thing with suicide squad so i, I don't think it's that big of a deal Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and like you said, I'm making Lego sets of it, so we can't really expect <laughs> much. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, the movie is still scheduled to release in theaters exclusively March 4th, and then sometime on HBO Max uh, a few months later. All right. So next bit of news here, we got uh, Mobius has been delayed, or Mobius, whatever. <laughs> has been delayed. I, I said more, <laughs> like, like it's Sonic. Yeah, it's been delayed to April 1st. So it was supposed to be coming out, I think, 2021, wasn't it? Yeah, it was supposed to come out, I believe, this month October. at the end. Oh, no, not October. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, like, supposed, to be, it was supposed to come out a while ago, but yeah. yeah. it was supposed to come out. Yeah, it got delayed a, like a bunch. Um, basically, it says, you know, because of the Omicron surge and stuff, which makes sense. You know, they want, like, they want people to see the movie in theaters. So they're probably delaying it, hoping the Omicron, like, variant will just go away by then, which is looking likely. It looks like, you know, the, the variant is, like, slowing down and stuff. It might be gone by the time spring hits. Um, so that's probably what a lot of, uh, like, movie companies are hoping for, which makes sense. No more money. And I think these companies like to see their movies as, like, oh, number one box office. Like, Disney probably really enjoyed that with Spider-Man, right? It's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we got those big money, like, stuff and, like, got a bunch of attention because it was in theaters and stuff. So, yeah, makes sense why a lot of companies would try to push for, like, you know, not trying to release movies right now. Yeah. And, um... I don't think a lot of movies release early in the year anyway, so it's like it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in terms of the movie itself, you know, I still don't know what to think about it. <laughs> um, you know, this whole Sony verse, I guess, like with Venom and now this uh, and whatever else they want to make, I guess. Um, you know, it's kind of it, these movies still feel very like early two thousand superhero movies, which you know they have their charm. I know a lot of people like the Venom movies because they're corny and stuff, and it's not meant to be taken as seriously as something like maybe the MCU bit or whatever. But um. I still wish they were, like, full control. At least, like, Venom. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm probably... I might watch it. Like, I still haven't watched the two Venom movies. I might give them a watch just to, like, say I have and stuff. And, yeah, this movie looks fine as well. But I guess we'll see. Uh, I think the delay will always be nice, you know, so they could touch up any CG work or whatever, post-production, whatever they have to get done. Um, and, you know, more people can join the theaters. Because, you know, I, I also miss theaters. Like, watching Spider-Man in theaters was a really nice experience. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it's something we weren't really able to do for a lot of, like, the last, like, few, like, two years because of, you know, COVID. So, um, you know, uh, I think it's good that, you know, these companies want to release their movies in theaters. Even though streaming is also good. But, yeah, the theater experience will never be beat, in my opinion. So, Yeah, 100%. I think that some people are fine with the idea of watching a movie on Netflix or whatever. But personally, you know, going to the effort of going to the movie theater and actually sitting down with other people in a big empty room sort of thing and that experience will never be sort of replaced uh but for the movie getting delayed itself i mean it is what it is at this point this movie has suffered so many delays it's at this point it'll come out when it come out when it comes out right and i think that 
some people, you know, they are saying that it is because of COVID, but there are some people speculating about other things. I know that Michael Keaton recently, uh, not recently, but like a few months ago, he was on like some sort of late night talk show and he said that, yeah, I'm gonna go shoot some vulture stuff soon. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> so um, I think that that likely ties to a Morbius end credit scene or maybe some extra scenes, uh, some reshoots. And then there's other people speculating about a certain Spider-Man coming in uh, for a post credit scene after No Way Home. Not going to mm-hmm. spoil anything, but, you know, uh, yeah, I think that a lot of these theories and, and a lot of these uh, sort of speculations can be true and can be exciting. We just have to wait and see because, like you said, this whole Sony-verse thing, especially with how many hints this movie in particular hints at other Spider-Men, uh, I mean, directly, Michael Keaton's Vulture is in the movie. And then you have other things hinting at Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Uh, the Oscorp building is straight up in the movie as well. Like, there's there's a lot going on here. So I wonder on how this movie ties into everything else and where it takes place. Because, you know, it seems like it, it it's in its own Sony-verse world separate from, like, literally everything else. So... Yeah, it's it's kind of it's gonna get weird. <laughs> it's gonna get really confusing for a lot of people. So if you're not in the know, then yeah, good luck trying to follow any of this. <laughs> yeah, trying to explain your uh, older grandma as to what's going on within these Spider-Man movies is uh, is definitely gonna be interesting. But yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm gonna see this movie maybe in theaters, maybe not, depending on how good or how bad the reviews are. I mean. Obviously, when I saw Venom, it was a different time. But now, because of the pandemic, I'm definitely going to be a little bit more hesitant on whether or not I'll see this movie when it comes out on April 1st, April Fool's. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> a little a little bit of a strange day, but, but maybe fitting for this movie. <laughs> All right. So, next bit of news we got here is Scott Pilgrim is getting an anime series on Netflix. So, yeah, this is kind of exciting. Creator Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, is writing and executive producing the series, which is very, very exciting. I always like it when there's an adaptation of something and the and someone that actually was behind the creation of said thing is working on this adaptation. So very cool to see him behind it. Um, I think that this can 100% work for Scott Pilgrim just because Scott Pilgrim was originally a graphic novel and then the actual live-action adaptation wasn't so bad and is kind of kind of has its own cult following because of Edgar Wright's directing and how uh, that movie was sort of transformed into that movie. Yeah. And getting it in a anime or a sort of like cartoon series is going to be very, very fun. I think that this will maybe propel scott pilgrim back into the mainstream um and will be very very exciting because i love scott pilgrim i definitely need to reread the graphic novel because it's been years and years since i've originally read them uh back when i was in like middle school maybe even going into high school it's been it's been that long so yeah scott pilgrim is definitely a series uh and if you don't know what it is just just know that it's a it's a comic book series that takes heavy inspiration from japanese anime slash manga and uh sort of has a lot of video game references in there as well so yeah like this just fits so well because you know the the book or the graphic novel is very really heavily inspired by like shonen anime and stuff so like Mm -hmm. this seems like a perfect fit and you know i always love the art style in the graphic novel and uh, adult swim actually did do like a little short about scott program i don't know if you remember this but yes like a a, yeah that i'm like yo this would be sick if it was an actual thing and it, it never was it was just mostly just to promote the movie which is fine but I've always wondered, I'm like, oh, they should do like an animated series or something. And now it looks like Netflix is doing an animated series. Um, uh, so yeah, I, again, I always really like his art style a lot for the Scott Program graphic novel. So they could like 
put that into an animated series with like awesome fight scenes and stuff. That would be that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'll love that. And um it would really help I guess the series like uh reach a new audience and so obviously they don't have to like add more to it. Like the, I think the series ended fine. Mm-hmm. Um but just you know bring it to more people is always a good thing because I think it's a fantastic series and I really hope he makes more stuff because <laughs> I, I think he's done a few things since Scott Pilgrim ended but he hasn't like made anything as big as Scott Pilgrim. So I hope he does like make something new like after this but i'm always down for more scott pilgrim content it's like one of my favorite things so yeah definitely looking forward to this because i think as an i guess an anime if they have like an anime studio making this that you know that'd be sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely and i think that one of his more recent sort of uh series is snot girl which i've seen in like comic book stories but i've never actually like picked up um but yeah i know a lot of people uh, are wanting a sequel to Scott Pilgrim, but like you said, I think that it did end properly. But if he does have more stuff, you know, with these characters, I think that a lot of people would like to see that. But I think he's he said on the record time and time again that he doesn't want to create more Scott Pilgrim stuff outside of like I guess adapting it into other things, and an anime series is one of them. So that is pretty exciting. We have no idea when this is gonna come out. I I doubt it'll come out within the next year or two. This would probably take a while, especially if he wants to get it right. I and I'm sure he does. So yeah, Scott Pilgrim anime series going to Netflix. So that is definitely something to look forward to, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Like, I'm really happy with all the Scott Pilgrim, like, good stuff, like, with the movie's anniversary and then the game coming back. Like, it's been good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, next thing we got is E3, when I'll be a virtual event again in 2022. Um, so, there's a lot of there's a lot of things about this. So, like, <laughs> they're, they're saying it's because of Omicron, which makes sense. But we kind of know, like, a lot of health experts have been saying, like, you know, Omicron might not really be a thing by the time summer rolls around. So, it seems like that seems to be kind of like a you know it's, it's a good issue obviously like COVID's still gonna be around it's not like it's gonna go away once omicron is gone might be another variant or whatever mm-hmm. but uh it does seem to be a lot of other things behind the scenes with e3 like there's been a lot of talks that just hasn't been able to grab as many people as it used to do or a lot of people are just mad at esa for just being kind of assholes and stuff <laughs> like you know like they cost you know uh to have like your venue there costs like way too much money and it's not really worth it um, a lot of companies would rather have the spotlight just on themselves. So that's why you see a lot of companies do, like, our own Nintendo Directs or whatever. Like, they've been kind of, like, doing their own things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, like, all that plus COVID has been really hurting E3 the last few years. And, um, you know, I think that kind of sucks because I, I still really like E3. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's just, like, cringy stuff and, like, you know, you just got, like, fake trailers and stuff. But I don't know. I still think there's a certain magic around it. And honestly, I love the cringy shit. Like, that, that's what <laughs> makes it funny. Like, I, I think it being virtual kind of takes that away because they're not really live in the stage anymore. When they're live on the stage, you get all those beautiful E3 moments that are just so cringy and awful to watch that I love it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when it's all virtual, it kind of takes it away from me a little bit. Um, but I still don't really want E3 to go away. I think having, like, a weekend dedicated to just gaming news is great. Um, cause it keeps everything condensed in like June, like mid June. And then I don't need to worry about any other gaming news for a little bit. Uh, I think everyone having different directs and like all these other shit, like I just get like so mind flooded. Cause I'm like, okay, when is this event happening? When is that event happening? Like, it's just harder for me to keep track of like all the things that are going on. I think E3 really having everything be centralized into a few days is great. You know, for me personally, um, I can understand why companies don't like that because, Again, their things will get overshadowed by bigger things. So let's say like a cool little indie game is coming out. 
And then, like, Nintendo shows, like, Breath of the Wild, like, four. And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, they think it's going to get overshadowed. Or even, like, some other companies, like, my, more, like, mid-tier companies are going to get overshadowed by the big boys. So it makes sense that they want their own, like, space. Yeah. But I don't know. I still don't want really E3 to die that much because I, I still enjoy it. And, if I mean, if they have to keep it virtual for the foreseeable future, like, that's fine. But I do hope it goes back to the stage and doesn't, like, fully die. Because I, I still think Sony is just, like, we don't want to be a part of this anymore, which is... Really annoying because they're like a big component of yeah. E3, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that's just my piece on that. Yeah, especially because Nintendo pulled out of their presentation years and years ago, and there's they still have a presence there, obviously, because they want people to try out the new games and wait on lines for that sort of experience if they want to have it, sort of thing. You know, like yeah, I remember when people were like, yeah, you know, I waited online to play Mario Odyssey for like hours and hours and. You know, they viewed that as worth it to them because that's what they went to E3 for. They went there to play the new games super duper early. And I think that that as an event in and of itself should still be honored and should still be celebrated because video games are exciting. And, you know, like you said, the sort of moments and those memories of the cringy onstage moments with like connect failing uh, sort of uh, we music. Yeah. um, one more recently i mean this was not really cringy but when like sony did like their last like live presentation <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then for like the last of us 2 they like went to like a tent or some shit and i was like what the fuck is this you know um you know there's there's a lot of thought going into these presentations and there's a lot of effort put into them and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but that's what makes these that's what makes e3 mem- memorable and that's what makes these events so I'm not going to say prestigious, but so eventful, if you will. And yeah, it's like that everyone's pulling out because of ESA doing this and that with the whole, you know, it costs so much and they might want the spotlight to themselves. And I feel like it's sort of like the same thing with like Black Friday. You know, people are pushing their sales or pushing their announcements weeks and weeks beforehand to go and get the spotlight on them before the actual event actually happens. And yeah, that's a good idea, but eventually everyone's going to start doing it, and then at some point, E3 is going to be happening in like May or some shit, you know? Um, yeah, it is It is definitely a strange time, especially since because they announced it so early that they aren't going to do it in person again this year, which is fine. I think that with the whole COVID thing, I'm, I'm for one, I'm just shutting everything down, not to like get political or, or anything, but you know, just like shut everything down and just like try to figure this shit out until we actually figure it out, because... At this point, we're so fucked. Um, <laughs> you know, E3 being virtual again, I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that. What I do think would make E3 a lot better is if they were to do, like, virtual demos on, like, the marketplaces and stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, we've had them for, like, years now, ever since the PS3 and Xbox era. But I feel like uh, those platforms are scared that, like services will crash which will most likely happen i mean the nintendo eShop crashes every single christmas because of you know people trying to put in codes and shit um so i would imagine the same thing would happen on playstation and, and xbox if they were to put up a e3 demo of a certain game that everyone's excited for and everyone's trying to play it and everyone's trying to try it out but then again with virtual demos and all of that other stuff you have like people mining you know the code and like trying to find things and you know that's that's where th- the fun gets ruined. So, yeah, I, I agree. Like, um, I, I think like virtual like demos and stuff has always been my dream. Like, even as a kid, I'm like, oh man, mm-hmm. it'd be so cool to play these things. Like, these E3 demos at home. Obviously, they don't want you to do that because they want you to be there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now with this virtual environment, I think the way to further like increase engagement or people to really care about E3, I think there should be like a dedicated like yeah, play you can play these demos for like these next three days or whatever. Um, and obviously, like you said, like th- there's a big risk of like data mining and stuff where they could just find all the game's things and codes or whatever. But I feel like this this measures to prevent that. Like I, I know a lot of demos, like I think it's just the whole game or like in the code or whatever, and then you could just da- data mine it that way. Um, they could just maybe section it off. I'm not like I don't know anything about this, but <laughs> I, I feel like there's ways to prevent that from happening. Um, and if you could find a good way to prevent that from happening, I think virtual demos and like just ways you could just download them online would be a great way to make E3 like exciting for a lot of people again. Because you know people want to play these new games, and if you could let them play a mission or a level or whatever, I think that yeah. would really get people excited. So. Mm-hmm. like imagine if we could play like marvel spider-man 2 and like we could play like a mission as as miles and a mission as peter and like yeah. see see you know how the new mechanics work or whatever you know and like that would be pretty exciting but i'm sure sony's servers would just shut down instantly because that <laughs> is 100 yeah. percent one of their most anticipated games for the, the playstation 5 but then again not everyone has a ps5 so you know <laughs> there is that thing as well where you know there's not a lot of ps5s on the market as well but um yeah anyways you know it is definitely strange to see e3 shift towards this virtual route again um but you know with the current state of the world it's not that surprising um i'm i hope by next year (laughs) fingers crossed everything gets situated and we have uh huge in-person events again with you know measures to prevent you know things from spreading or whatever the case is when we get there right so (laughs) Yeah, I guess we only have to wait and see until the world actually gets better, which looks like it won't ever. <laughs> so, I guess we'll see. <laughs> Growing up fucking sucks, but anyways, yeah. we'll move on from there. Uh, I think it's your turn. <laughs> oh, okay, my bad. All right. Uh, so we got the PlayStation 4 uh, is going to continue doing production uh, as uh, PS5s are still very, very hard to get. So the news line everyone's been looking at is that Sony's making more PS4s to deal with the PS5 shortage, which is not entirely true. That's sort of like a, a clickbaity title. Um, but what they're doing is that they are still producing ps4s as they were previously from last year in 2021 so they were expecting to stop production last year but they haven't formally announced it but someone uh inside of playstation or whatever uh i guess found found this out and and like told someone um so they are going to continue making ps4s going into this year 2022 and they aren't going to stop production not saying that they're going to make more than than they did last year but they're just going to continue making ps4s which is fine. I mean, you know, it is using older hardware. It is using different parts. So it's not like interfering with the PS5 shortage necessarily. It's literally because uh, people are scalping them and people are using bots. And it is literally the most uh, prized sort of console to really get at, including the Xbox Series S and X. Um, so, yeah, it is It is definitely going to be still difficult, especially because of COVID, because I'm sure that these factories are still doing COVID protocols, and there's also shortages with just, like, supplies and hardware and everything like that. So, you know, we are far from, uh, you know, the PS5 being available on store shelves yet. You know, a lot of these retailers and a lot of these websites are doing uh, online only and online pickups. So, yeah, uh, PS5s are still going to be a very, very rare commodity to come by and very in high demand as we go into the next holiday season for this year so yeah i mean it makes sense that they're still continuing production on ps4s like usually companies don't stop making their last gen console until a few years into the uh, new gen um especially with all the shortages and stuff 
it really wouldn't make sense to just stop <laughs> making PS4s when no one could get PS5s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Sony probably still wants to make some money off the PS4. And it's not, you know, PS4 is far from, like, dead. Uh, at least from the, I mean, yes, they're not getting new games really anymore. But um, there's still a ton of games out there. And if you want to get a PS4 probably on the cheap, then, yeah, just buy it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you don't, if you would rather just get a PS5, I should just wait for one because you can play PS4 games. But yeah, it doesn't make sense for Sony to just stop making PS4s. So this uh, Sony continuing production of PS4s makes complete sense because um, I think, like, I think they were still making PS2 as well into like the PS3 era as well. Yeah, because the PS2 was such a successful console and stuff. So it makes sense. Like the PS4 also had like a, like a ton of success. So it, yeah, it wouldn't make sense for them to just stop. Um, yeah. But hopefully this means that PS5s will <laughs> come back. Like you know, they'll make more. Uh, you know, uh, Travis and I are very lucky to even have PS5s when we did like so early. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were just uh, honestly we were just lucky. <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah, honest. we were at the right place at the right time. Yeah, we were both like just here at home, and we were just like, I'm gonna buy this shit like immediately. And it helped that like the Xbox uh, Series X and S's were like they had like a countdown timer, so that probably made people with like bots ravvy like, okay, we're gonna snatch them all up. Sony kind of just be like, oh, they're out now, just get them now. It's just like, <laughs> oh, what? So yeah, we were lucky that no bots were probably prepared for that, and we were just able to snatch them up real quick. So. But yeah, um, you know, uh, I don't really know who to blame for this. Like, it's, it's just the world, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like COVID, mm-hmm. uh, with the microchip shortages and stuff, and scalpers and stuff. Like, you know, it's not much they could really do about it. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, like, you're not missing too much by not having a PS5 just yet. Like, there's Ratchet and Clank, obviously. Like, I mean, I would like buy it from a scalper at this point if I didn't have it, <laughs> just to play Ratchet. <laughs> but you know, if you weren't like a big Ratchet and Clank fan, you have that and Returnal, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> you also have um, like the Demon Souls remake, but like it's not until really this year with Ret- um, I'm sorry, uh, freaking Horizon and uh, God of War that you really want a PS5. But even then, you can play they're coming them on to PS4. PS4. Yeah. Yeah. So Sony obviously knows that. You know, not a lot of people have PS5s at this point, so they're they're still supporting the console probably until next year, uh, when Spider Man comes out, which is going to be a PS5 exclusive. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess we have to see till then, and hopefully more people get PS5s and at better deals. So, you know, be patient. I think though, I think PS5s will come back. <laughs> I yeah. think everyone will be able to get a hold on one, and maybe you get a cool bundle with it too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sony obviously knows that the demand for these consoles are so so high. They know that these things fly off of uh, retailers like almost instantly, and they see everyone trying to get one. So they know that they know the demand is there. They're just trying to meet it, obviously. Um, but like you said, a, a lot of the exclusive games, uh, it's really, like you said, Ratchet and Clank, Returnal, and, and uh, Dark Souls, or Demon, Demon Souls, Souls, I should say. Yeah, Demon Souls, um, So, you know, those are the only three games. I mean, me personally, I kind of just use it as a 4K Blu-ray player and just watch anime sometimes, but that's about it. Um, you know, there's not a lot for me personally, obviously, or for us, I should say, because, you know, we only list three games. Um, but you know, if you never had a PS4, obviously the PS5 is very, very attractive to you because you can play PS5 games and PS4. And because the PS4 has such a large library, uh, you can play those games as well. Uh, but like they said, they are still going to be making PS4s, which I'm not sure where those are available. Honestly, I haven't seen a brand new PS4 on a store shelf in a very, very long time. Um, but yeah, uh, PS4s are still going to be made going into this year, and hopefully 
by the time we get into 2023, if not 2024, PS5s are going to be readily available for people that actually want to buy it uh, instead of these scalpers with bots. And they have a bunch of them just sitting on their eBay store with like, you know, $800 price tags or however much. I haven't looked into how much the resale is going for the PS5s recently, but I'm sure it's it's a large amount. It's definitely a lot more than, you know, what they initially paid for. Um, but, you know, it is good that Sony is still looking out and releasing Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok on the PlayStation 4, um, which, you know, may seem a little weird, especially for us initially at first. But, you know, when we look at it uh, from like a, I guess, global perspective, we're like not everyone has a PS5 and everyone's still trying to get one in, in to a certain extent. Um, it is good that they are releasing these games on the previous gen so people don't have to you know shell out however much money for a playstation 5 so yeah you know i think that the headline that everyone saw where like they're making more ps4s and not ps5s it's like no 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 no. like actually like kind of like read read the article just a little bit and you'll you'll see what sony's actually trying to do here because they are trying to meet the demand is just the the demand is so high and they don't see a reason to stop making ps4s at the moment yeah, that, that's basically where it comes down to it. Um, you know, people overreact about a lot of things, so it doesn't <laughs> really um, surprise me that people will take this article the wrong way. But yeah, just, you know, they're, they're working on it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just gotta be patient. All right, so next we got a bunch of Nintendo news. Uh, the big one being that Mario Kart 9 is in, reportedly in development right now with a, a new twist. So um, that doesn't surprise me. You know, every Mario Kart game has a new twist to it. Um, whether that be like motion control or like you have two people in your cart or whatever, like usually they have some kind of twist to them. You know, Mario Kart 8 was the anti gravity thing, um, mm-hmm. which honestly didn't really like do a lot <laughs> for the game. Like it was just like there. <laughs> now yeah. that I think about it, it was just like whatever. So uh, hopefully, this new twist in Mario Kart 9 is something a little more interesting because I think the anti gravity things, like it was cool for like some tracks, but like it really didn't like change like how you played too much. Like I think honestly, my favorite addition was in Mario Kart 7. Even though I don't like Mario Kart 7 that much, um, I really like the um, you know the glider and like the underwater bits. I think those add a lot to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I- I'm just excited. I, you know, I think we-, we were stuck with Mario Kart 8 for a very long time because uh, obviously didn't felt the need to make a new one as soon as the Switch came out because you know. I don't think that many people played Mario Kart 8 because it was on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. So um, it being on the Switch with like the deluxe version with battle mode and stuff was like enough for some people. And I love Mario Kart 8. I think Mario Kart 8 is a great game, but I'm kind of sick of it at this point. And um, you know, I'm ready for a new game. Um, and you know, a lot, you know, I really now kind of hope that it is like a Super Smash Kart, where just like <laughs> a bunch of different Nintendo characters. And some people might not like that because it's like, oh, it's Mario Kart, not Smash Brothers. But I think that'd be pretty neat. Like you could have like a bunch of courses from like different Nintendo games and stuff. Like. I think that'd be really cool, but um, I, I don't think that's going to happen or anything. And the new twist is probably going to be something not as exciting as that. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm kind of hoping for more. I know this sounds dumb, but I, I kind of hope there's more single player content. Because um, my favorite Mario Kart game is Mario Kart DS. And it had the mission mode with mm-hmm. like boss fights. And I thought that shit was so cool. Like I still think that's really cool. And no Mario Kart game has ever really done that since DS. Uh, so I'm hoping to do that. I think Mario Kart 8 was very light on single-player content, which I know is not why people really play Mario Kart, but it's nice to have some kind of single-player content. You know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. just a little bit of something besides just doing Grand Prix and, like, you know, 150cc or whatever. So, um, yeah, I hope Mario Kart 9 is a little more content-rich in that regard. Um, but besides that, I, I think the online in 8 was good, so if it could keep that with 9, then that's fine. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of all I really hope for, for Mario Kart 9. Yeah, I mean, Mario Kart 8... 
I mean, people still buy that game because it is the kart racing game for the Switch, and for a damn good reason. It is a very, very good Mario Kart game, and I still think that it is the best one in the series just because it's the newest one, and it feels like that they've done everything that they can to make it like the best that it can be, in a sense. Uh, the anti-gravity stuff, I'm fine with. It does make the tracks interesting in a way where during the anti-gravity sections, you can like sort of like uh, hit these uh, those like anti-gravity pins or whatever, and, and you can yeah. like get a boost or like do it on like other players or whatever. And you know, like that's fun, that's cool. Uh, but like you said, the underwater and glider stuff was definitely a lot more impactful within Seven uh, for the 3DS. So Mario Kart Nine, whatever that twist is, I hope that it is satisfying enough where it does feel different from other Mario Kart games and actually adds to the gameplay just like what uh, the previous sort of like uh, what the previous editions did for the series um, and yeah I mean with the new twist seems kind of interesting uh, I think a Smash Bros card would be cool but I'm not sure if that's going to happen maybe a couple of, of more characters maybe they'll still bring in the Animal Crossing characters and the Zelda characters and then maybe Kirby or something like that um, you know like I think that that would be cool but other than that, I'm not expecting too much. Um, I think that, uh, like you said, the sort of dedicated tracks from those series were always interesting. Um, so I think that them bringing in more IPs from Nintendo into Mario Kart 9 could be cool. Um, but obviously, this is all speculation because we don't know what they're going to do. I think people have been wanting Mario Kart 9 for so long, which has been kind of weird in my opinion, uh, just because I feel like Mario Kart 8 is like a is like really really good and i feel like that there's no reason to have a mario kart 9 but maybe at this point people are, are getting tired of playing the same old tracks over and over again if they're like a hardcore mario kart player so they might want something new at this point especially because when you consider 8 released on the wii u you know it's been years and years and years at this point so um and like you said the single player stuff i think that that could be cool uh, i haven't played any of that mario kart ds stuff uh but i think that a sort of like mission mode and sort of a actual like single player maybe even like a story mode could be kind of cool i don't know uh how you would make a mario kart story mode you know they've they've done it with the uh newest mario <laughs> tennis game so you yeah know. <laughs> i was gonna say they made it like a tennis and golf story so i'm sure they could do a mario kart like story type deal with some single player content so uh again that, that's really the only ask i'm asking for uh, mm-hmm. you know just to give something because you know I'm, I'm pretty bad at mario kart <laughs> you know online <laughs> i'm just like i'm always like a for whatever so that'd be something like that that i could feel good about myself that'd be that'd be nice <laughs> yeah and i think um i'm not sure if mario kart 8 did this but unlockable characters i'm not sure if you have everything unlocked from the start because i i remember in mario kart wii there were a lot of unlockable characters and that was one of the main things that drove my brother to actually like play the game and sort of like quote unquote complete it uh was to actually unlock every single character um so i'm not sure if that's sort of like a thing of the past because i feel like you know in-game unlockables is sort of like not a thing anymore just because of microtransactions so maybe they could bring that back i think that that would be fun you know you complete 150 cc on this car with or with this character maybe i don't know you know something cool like that yeah i i agree i think the only unlockable in eight was like pink gold peach and like gold mario i think if you oh, did yeah, like nah, something never mind never mind i yeah. actually bring back like cool unlockable you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, i agree i agree <laughs> like i feel like mostly because like the characters in mario kart are like they don't really do much besides like oh they look cool like i want to play as like birdo or whatever like, mm-hmm. i feel like that as, as an unlockable it's not like smash where like smash yeah, i unlock everything too but it's not like smash where like oh that's your play style the unlock is always annoying when mario kart is just like who cares like it, it makes sense <laughs> that you can unlock them because it's not like super essential but it's like something you want so i think i yeah i agree that unlock characters in mario kart should be a thing again 
Yeah. Um, but other than that, other than that, you know, Mario Kart Nine, they'll show us when they are ready to show us it. You know. Um, but yeah, we just have to wait and see. As always. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. All next right. one we got here is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Uh, copy abilities and co-op trailer. So they randomly dropped this uh, earlier this week, just like in the morning, and everyone was freaking out about it. So I'm glad I'm not the only one super excited about this brand new Kirby game. Uh, so they showed us some new copy abilities which is super duper cool kirby has a gun so yep. that was definitely <laughs> memed to hell um and seeing kirby in the 3d plane once again uh is he looks great honestly he looks so so cool um and the game is actually scheduled to release very very soon march 25th so yeah and i am very very excited for this game if you watched my dedicated video where i talked about my most anticipated games i believe this was within my top three or something like that um but yeah this game it looks great you know i love i love kirby games just because they're so fun and so chill um and this game looks like it's it's going where i want it to go in terms of like the 3d sort of uh playing so and the the new abilities look super duper cool i already mentioned the gun but there's also like this drill one and that one looks kind of fun as well so yeah i'm glad that they are you know still doing kirby things while also transitioning into this uh brand new 3d adventure yeah, uh, I agree with everything you just said. Like, with the copy abilities, you know, obviously gun. Like, that's a meme. <laughs> uh, and it looks fun, you know, it's just a gun. I'm surprised there hasn't been a gun ability uh, before this, honestly. I know, you know, when he sucks Joker, he gets it, but that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's cool, like, the drill ability shows that, you know, you could do more things now that's in a 3D plane. Like, Kirby, like, was able to circle around this enemy with the drill and then do, like, a like a big move if you make a circle with it. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's obviously something you couldn't do in a 2D plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just the game graphically, it looks really nice. Like, you know, it looks like it's running smooth. Like, I don't really see too many frame dips or anything. Uh, just graphically, I think the the super bright color palette, like, is really nice. Obviously, for a Kirby game, you want it to be nice and bright and colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looks really good. Like, just graphically, I'm, like, really impressed with how, like, good it looks for a Switch game and how well it runs. Um, you know, it looks like the, the level design is going to be more like 3D World because... Um, at some point in the trailer, you see like Kirby in a world map, so it's looking like it's gonna be more 3D world style, where it's like it's a 3D platformer but has levels, which is fine. Like, I didn't really expect it like a big open world as Kirby or anything. Like you know, it's not like Breath of the Wild or whatever. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, honestly, I think more 3D platformers should kind of be like that, where it's like oh, it's just like a level based thing, but still like a 3D platformer. Like you know, like Crash Bandicoot's also like that and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that's totally fine. And um, as a big Kirby fan, I, I'm just very excited. You know, I think Star Allies was. It was good, but it was kind of disappointing because like we kind of wanted something a little more down that's on Switch. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that it were like, okay, we're finally going to do something new with Kirby. You know, I think Kirby's been stuck in 2D forever. And this transition to 3D looks great. Like, I think they're keeping that core gameplay design of, you know, uh, taking abilities, going through the level and stuff, but just making it 3D. And I think that's that's great. Like, hopefully this game is a good stepping stone for even bigger, ambitious Kirby games in the future. But from what I'm seeing right now, it looks it looks great. And I'm very excited to see all the new copy abilities that utilize the 3D plane. I'm, you know, I'm very excited to see how the bosses are because I think the bosses in Kirby are always pretty good. And now that you have, like, a 3D arena, I think that could make a lot more complex bosses and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see where it goes and what, like, horrible demon you fight at the end of the game. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Star Allies was definitely... I think their time to be like, oh, okay, maybe we should stop doing Kirby in 2.5D, you know, because they've been doing it since Return to Dreamland, and, like, that game was great, and then they did um, Triple Triple Deluxe, Deluxe. and that was fine, 
and then Planet Robobot, which was a lot better because I think the mech uh, sort of gimmick was very, very fun. Yep. Um, but, you know, Star Allies left a lot to be desired, in my opinion, just because of the whole uh, combination of abilities was sort of a tease to us. And when we actually got our hands to play it, it was, uh, it was not what I expected. Um, but this game, it looks like it's going back to just, you know, traditional Kirby, but actually in 3D, which is more than enough for fans like ourselves because Kirby's never been in 3D before. So this is kind of exciting and kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very excited. Just like with everyone else that was on Twitter, sort of memeing on the gun ability and also sharing their excitement for the game. So yeah, March 25th, a lot sooner than I expected personally. So yeah, only two months away, basically at this point. Um, so yeah, very excited. Uh, probably my most excited switch game. Uh, mm-hmm. unlike, uh, the next game we're talking about, which is, uh, <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus. So, um, so this was a full, like 13 minute, like gameplay overview, and it basically showed a bunch of things are going to be doing in the game. So, um, so first, in terms of performance, I think it, the game does run a bit better from when they've shown it the last few times. Uh, like, I, I don't really notice, like, too many frame drops or anything. Like, same thing with Kirby. Like, I didn't really notice too many frame drops or anything. But unlike Kirby, I think the game still looks really flat. Like, mm-hmm. the environments, like, and textures just, like, don't look appealing at all. Like, I think the character designs in Pokemon look fine. But things like trees and just environments like still look super flat to me and like really empty. Like I know this is supposed to be like the ancient Pokemon times in Sinnoh, but it just it's a little much. Like there's like nothing here um, besides some trees and like minerals and stuff. But uh, besides that, uh, basically the whole game is basically what you expect. Like you craft stuff, you know, just like in Breath of the Wild and stuff. And you can make Pokeballs and berries and other things to like capture wild Pokemon. Um, there's a whole sneak mechanic now where if you sneak around a Pokemon. And basically, like, essentially, like, getting a backstab, you could, like, throw a Pokeball at it and instantly catch it if they don't, if they're not aware of you, which is kind of cool. Um, since it looks like completing the Pokedex is, like, the main thing in this game. Like, they haven't really shown any gym battles or trainer battles, as I don't even think those are in the game. I think it's mostly, like, complete the Pokedex and do other things. <laughs> it seems to be, like, the main point of the game. Um, which is fine. You know, I think every Pokemon game has to follow that same formula. Like, I'm really happy that Game Freak is doing something different here. Um, like, I think the open world design and stuff, like, uh, you know, I think that's the direction Pokemon should be going in the first place. Um, and, you know, not every game has to be about, like, the trainer battles or whatever. Um, and if they can make completing a Pokedex fun, then that's fine. Like, but again, I, I can't really say anything about that because I haven't played the game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, uh, they also showed the new battle system, which uh, I actually am pretty excited for. Uh, it basically has the agile and strong style. And if you use an agile style move or on a move, it basically increases your like turn order so usually the turn order will go like higher stat or high speed stat pokemon goes first and then just alternates between the two like turns um now if you use like a speed style on a pokemon's move you could like move multiple times in like succession so you could use like thunder wave to paralyze someone then you could go again and then you could hit them with like something else which is pretty cool um i think that's a good way to evolve the um battle systems while making like, a whole gimmick based around it. Like, I know Mega Evolution, Z-Moves, and Gigantamaxing in the last few games that just felt like I win buttons. Like, you press it and that's it. Like, it hasn't really had a lot of strategy to it. I feel like this battle system has more strategy to it than any of the other things they've done over the last few years, which is good. Because uh, I think Pokemon really needs, like, a new sort of, like, base mechanic in the battle system. Because, you know, Pokemon battles are kind of stale at this point. You know, you kind of just press whatever is super effective and you win. So... Hopefully, this strong and agile style adds more strategic gameplay to the battles and, you know, just makes the games more fun in general. Because after playing something like SMT5, 
it really shows how stale Pokemon is in terms of like its turn-based combat because it's just very simple. <laughs> it's a very simple game. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. press whatever super effective and you win. Um, but besides that, they also show some boss battles called Noble Pokemon, and these look kind of cool. It basically, you first it like fights you like as a trainer. And you gotta, like, throw these, like, sort of things at it to make it calm down while dodging its attacks. Like, just, like, dodge roll out of the way like it's a fucking Dark Souls boss. And then after a certain amount of time, you can throw your Pokeball, attack it a little bit. Then it, like, transitions to the next phase. I think that's a pretty cool way to do um, boss fights in a Pokemon game since there's not really many of those in these games. Um, But besides that, it really is just completing the Pokedex. You do some missions to catch some things for people. You fulfill the Pokedex by doing certain, like, requests and stuff. And that looks like about it. Like, obviously, there's, like, they didn't really show much else. Like, it looks like you could, like, explore the open world maybe for some chests, maybe. Like, maybe there's some treasure around, like, more collectibles. But for the most part, the main gameplay loop seems to be do missions, complete your Pokedex, fight the noble Pokemon, which is the boss fight, and probably repeat to the next region of the world. Um, So it it really is going to have to depend on how well that gameplay loop works and how fun and addicting it is. If not, I think the games are going to get feel like really repetitive really fast and, you know, won't make for a really good game because they'll feel very content light. But again, I can't really judge it yet because the game hasn't come out yet. Um, you know, I've already pre-ordered it because, you know, I'm a shill and I'm going to buy it. <laughs> fucking whatever. Plus, I want to talk about it on the podcast. So I'm going to play it. I'll let everyone know how it is. Uh, I mean, I, I'm excited at something new, but I'm still like scared that it could like suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to try it out, hopefully, if the funds are right. Um, I'll definitely try it out just because, you know, this is the jump to the open world for Pokemon. And I am kind of interested to see if they're actually able to pull it off, especially because, like you said, it looks like that there's there's no gym battles and they're taking a complete different direction with the series and sort of uh, having like a new gameplay loop, if you will. So, yeah, I mean... It does look interesting. It does look like that there's a lot to sort of learn here, if you will, quote unquote, uh, for Pokemon fans outside of, you know, the normal, you get your starter, you go to the first gym, the second gym, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and you go to this route, whatever, you know, it's sort of like uh, actually like an open world game where like, you know, there's there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of det- a lot of different things and you know because it is taking place in sort of like the ancient time of pokemon you know it looks like that there's not a lot going on here so um like you said it does look a little bland a little flat i'm not sure if it's because of the shell shaded graphics and how like they did it or whatever but yeah it doesn't really pop out the way you would hope i guess um but yeah you know we're just gonna have to wait and see hopefully early reviews if there are any for this game aren't that bad (laughs) Yeah, it really just depends on how it goes, really. Like, at this point, I just need to play it for myself. Because from what they're showing, I'm like, all right, this is what you showed me in the last few trailers. So I guess this is just <laughs> what the game is. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So next bit of news, uh, we're going to be talking about spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. So if you don't want to be spoiled by it, if you haven't been already, uh, skip to our recent activities, uh, which should be timestamped within the description of the video or the podcast episode, wherever you're, you're listening to. So... Yeah, um, Andrew Garfield, he talked about Spider-Man No Way Home and his potential of returning uh, as the character within the Variety and E.T. Online interviews that he did. Um, so yeah, it, it is kind of exciting to see uh, Andrew Garfield finally actually be able to sort of talk about the movie now, especially since because he was the only one sort of targeted when uh, everything was really going on about like, hey, you know, like, are you in the movie or like, 
are other Spider-Man in the movie, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it is kind of fun to see him sort of uh, talk about that experience as sort of, quote unquote, be the werewolf um, and all of that other stuff. So, yeah. And I think that his potential return to the character is exciting just because, you know, people on Twitter, especially after his performance in the movie, I think that he was definitely one of the standout performances along with Tom Holland and Willem Dafoe. Uh, you know, like he was, he was great. He honestly performed so so well andrew garfield is such a good actor and i think that a lot of people recognize that after watching this movie and which is why uh people were trying to make amazing spider-man 3 trend on twitter which i don't think that they should make amazing spider-man 3 in my opinion like i would like to see him in other spider-man things as peter parker but i don't think that they should make a follow-up movie to amazing spider-man 2 um just because you know those movies are so fucked, honestly. Yeah. They're so screwed with the whole, like, uh, Peter's dad storyline and, like, uh, everything else that was going on within those movies, you know. I would love to see Andrew Garfield back in the role, obviously, but I think that um, him being in, like, a Venom movie or, like, using Andrew Garfield as the Sony vs. Spider-Man is a fine idea and I think could work very, very well. Um, but obviously, Andrew Garfield said that, like, he would only return it if it felt right, which is understandable, makes sense, because I think that he knows... He knows what he wants within this sort of Peter Parker role now, especially after, you know, what happened with with his movies, unfortunately, you know. So, um, but yeah, it is it is super duper cool to see him, you know, finally talk about his experience within these movies and everything that's been going on around it. Yeah, like I, I he has been done dirty, like in terms of like the Spider Man stuff, because um, you know, it wasn't his fault. Like the movies, like kind of came out like a mess. Because I thought he was you know, like a good Spider Man. Like I still stand by. Like I think he's a little too cool as a Peter Parker, but he's still like a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like I think he he and I think as Spider Man himself he really nails it like you know he has the right amount of like energy and like just like cockiness to him like his quips are good like you know I think that he does a good job as Spider Man so and Peter he do, he does do a good job if Peter was supposed to be like a cool boy <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> um, but yeah the, like the in terms of like the, the Amazing Spider Man series itself like I, I do feel like it's too far gone for it to like really work um, I think if they just go by like sort of like a time skip or whatever. And, like, sort of just forget about the whole Peter's parents thing, because that, that's really dumb and stuff. Like, you just mm-hmm. kind of go back into, like, what happens if, you know, after No Way Home. I think that'd be a cool way to really continue that series if they really wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be better if he just stays as, like, cameos in, like, you know, in, like, the in Venom or whatever, like, the Sonyverse movies are going to be and stuff. Like, I think that would be a fine way to have him still be Spider-Man and, like, not have such a big commitment to it. Because I think it's going to confuse audiences as well. Like, it's like, oh wait amazing spider-man 3 huh like what's this mm-hmm. like then like that movie that came out in like 2012 <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah i feel like it would just kind of be a mess if they start doing like uh, you know amazing spider-man 3 or spider-man 4 and stuff you know like i feel like that'd be too much so um i think andrew garfield you know he's a good actor and stuff and i'm happy that he's like you know happy with the character now and stuff because mm-hmm. you know i i'm like, i would have probably some resentment towards you know the character if like I went through all that and then people didn't like it and then like but it wasn't really your fault and stuff so I'm happy to see him like really enjoy the character again and how much respect he has for the other Spider-Men as well I think that's really wholesome (laughs) so yeah uh, he's very very grateful that uh, as he said in the Variety interview to sort of tie up the loose ends that he had with his Peter which I think that if you watch the movie obviously you can definitely tell that they that they wrapped up his story in a way that like made sense even if he doesn't get more roles i think that you know seeing him in in no way home made sense and the way that they used his character with him saying like he doesn't hold his punches and like him actually saving uh 
MJ, you know, that was that was one of the moments I think a lot of people were hoping for. And I and I'm super duper glad that he actually got that moment within the movie because, you know, uh, obviously that that messed him up like very, very greatly. And I'm glad that, you know, Andrew was actually able to relive um his role as Peter Parker and sort of uh, have this experience. And, you know, I'm glad that, you know, he, he didn't sort of turn the role down just because of like everything that, that happened before. You know, I think that when he was talking about it, he said like, once he was pitched at like, you know, all three Spider-Man on screen, he was like, as, as the fan in, in himself, he was like, yeah, we have to make this happen. You know, like that, that is just super duper cool. Super duper dope that he is still like a fan of this character and that he knows how much this character means to everyone else, even his rendition of Peter. And I'm sure that he noticed all of the sort of like fanfare around Twitter with, with, um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 3 and everything like that. So, you know, whatever happens with uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, I am hopefully uh, seeing seeing more of him in the future. Uh, there are rumors and speculations about, uh, you know, Sony trying to get him in on other projects and things like that. So hopefully it happens. And if it doesn't, I'm fine with that too. But I think that Andrew Garfield, you know, you can tell that he loves this character and he loves playing Peter Parker and... I think that a lot of people would be very, very excited to see him in, you know, whatever, whatever comes forward for him and that character. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting what No Way Home really does to expand, I guess, the Spider-Man universes, like, at this mm-hmm. point. Like, I don't know if Toby's going to do more stuff now. You know, Andrew Garfield's probably going to be in some stuff now. Like, it's going to be very interesting to have, like, three Spider-Man maybe all at once, <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Again, I think that's going to confuse a lot of people, but as like fans of Spider-Man, I think that's really cool. Uh, I don't think they have to because I think No Way Home did a good job wrapping everything up anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I would never say no to more Spider-Man. So <laughs> as long um, as it's done right, yeah, as long as it's done right and not like cash grabby or like too dumb, uh, I'll be happy to see more of it. Honestly, so like as long as it gets some Spider-Man versus Venom action, like even if it's going to be Andrew Garfield versus like uh, what's his face, <laughs> I forgot his uh... name now. Tom Hardy. Yeah, there you go. Like, then I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about our recent activities. So I'll let you go first, and then we'll transition into my stuff. All righty. So uh, I, after Christmas, <laughs> so a little bit after <laughs> New Year's, I was playing a bunch of Guild Wars 2. Uh, you know, I finished Endwalker. So I'm like, okay, let me go back to Guild Wars 2, because I haven't really played in a while, and the new expansion comes out at, like, the end of February. So I should, like catch up all the things i missed and uh you know guild wars 2 is still a fantastic mmo it's like really the first mmo i really got into because um you didn't need a sub fee like i wanted to play wow for such a long time but you know i wasn't gonna convince my mom to pay 15 dollars a month like there's no way she was gonna do that so so i just you know kind of stayed away and mmos always fascinated me and it wasn't really until guild wars 2 came out in like 2012 where i was like oh it's like a buy once and that's it you can just play the game forever so i'm like oh that's sick so i played it and then fell in love with it um but, you know, during 2019, yeah, 2019 is when, uh, you know, Shadowbringers came out for Final Fantasy fourteen, And I'm like, awesome, you know, that that's great. I love fourteen, so I'm excited for the new expansion. Uh, but Good Wars 2 didn't release its next expansion. Instead, they, like, did some other shit um, called the Ice Brew Saga, which to Arena Net said it was like, oh, this is expansion-worthy content, but it's not an expansion. I'm like, okay. Um, and then that was a fucking lie because it wasn't really expansion worthy content. Um, <laughs> but it was still okay. Like, I, I, but I think that's what really caused the downfall of Guild Wars 2 over the last few years because they weren't, they didn't have a big expansion. And then I think 14 really started to overshadow everything else because Shadowbringers was like, like S plus tier in terms of quality. 
And, you know, Guild Wars 2 was supposed to have an expansion during that time, but ArenaNet was having a lot of issues internally with um, what they wanted to do next with the game, and they wanted to move on to other projects that weren't Guild Wars 2. Like, it was a whole mess, and it was, like, a lot of layoffs, and it was really bad. Um, but now, with Ender Dragons coming out, uh, you know, in, in, like, next month, uh, I decided to finally, like, start, like, play through the whole Ice Boot saga. And I thought it was pretty good. Like, I think a lot of the early stuff was, was actually expansion-worthy content. Like, I think... The story and stuff was really cool. Um, you know, a lot of cool stuff that weren't just focused on the dragons, which I feel like probably is the weakest part about Guild Wars 2, is like the whole dragon storyline. Um, like, a lot of the other things they were going into was really neat. Like, I love the new maps. Uh, the new mounts and stuff were all really cool. Um, but then I could tell the quality really started to dip towards the Champions releases. So the way uh, Guild Wars 2, like, sort of, I guess, living world works is they have, like, episodic, like, releases... Um, so there was like four episodes that came out and all those first four episodes were really good, but the fifth episode was basically split into four episodes, but it was still basically the same length as one episode. They just did that to sort of like pad out all of last year of 2021. And you could tell cause it was very light on like story. The content itself really wasn't that good. And the way it ended some storylines were just really weak and like not great. So I could see why a lot of people were angry. Cause I remember seeing a lot of people angry about this when on, you know, when it came out like last year. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to avoid Guild Wars 2 for a little bit. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I played through the content. I can see why people are, like, doing that. So, hopefully with Ender Dragons, it can make it better. Uh, but as to say, I still love Guild Wars 2. Like, I think it's still a fantastic MMO. You know, there's so much content now. Like, there's so many things to do and collect and just so much shit, <laughs> like, like since I was gone. So, it's nice to see the game still, like, has, like, a big player base as well. Like, there's still a lot of people around. Um, and, you know, it was, like, you know, the first MMO I really, really got into. So, I'm happy to see it still, like sort of doing well and hopefully ender dragons has a nice population boost um even though i, I, I like 14 a little more now just because i think it has a lot more to it uh good was still a, like still a fantastic mmo and i'm happy to you know to play ender dragons when that comes out and hopefully it's good so more people can play it and uh it doesn't die because if good was two dies that's gonna hurt me because i'm like i put a lot of hours into this so i better not lose all my cool shit <laughs> but yeah anyway uh tales of rise i've also been playing this um i, I just started playing more of it uh, like right now, like I, I didn't have a good chance to play it uh, when I got it, but now I'm playing it and it's uh, really good. Uh, this is my first Tales of game as well, um, and it's sort of like uh, you know the Tales of games have always been kind of like mid tier JRPGs. Like it's like you know Tales of Symphonia was really good, um, but after that it's kind of just been a little you know they've been having hit or misses and stuff. It wasn't really like too many like exciting things about the series. Uh, Tales of Rise really wants to fix that by making the game like just bigger, like better graphics, like more better combat and shit. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try this out when it comes out. And then you know there was a bunch of other games that came out, so I didn't really have a chance to like play it. But now I am, and uh, it's really good. Like graphically, I think the game looks fantastic. Like you know the environments and stuff. The game runs really smooth. Um, I'm playing the PS5 version, that so that's probably why. But um, you know, graphically, I think the game looks fantastic. All the colors are very vibrant. The monster designs are really cool. The characters are very anime-looking. Like you know, it's like you know, if you've seen any modern anime, it looks like that. But you could like play it and shit. It's it's really fun. And the combat is action. You know, action combat. Uh, and I've already talked about it in this podcast that I think action combat is kind of hard to do because it could feel kind of button mashy if not done right. And uh, it it kind of feels a little button mashy. Like you're supposed to like combo stuff together. And it feels fun when you do that, but you can also just, like, mash buttons and win. <laughs> so it's not, like, you know, it's not like, the most engaging combat I've ever played in my life. Like, I still think Final Fantasy VII Remake is the best way I've played action combat in any JRPG. But um, this works, too. Like, it's fine. It's flashy. You do a bunch of cool super moves and stuff. 
the maps are fun to explore. It's very Xenoblade-esque, where you just run around, you collect materials, fight monsters and stuff. Um, the storyline is it's kind of generic. Like, if you ever watch Code Geass, it's basically that, where it's like, oh, you have the evil empire, and then they're, like, taking over everything, but then you have the oppressed people who are sick of being oppressed, and then they're, re- like, revolting and stuff. So uh, another popular anime has done that, but I can't really say that, because I think that's a spoiler if I say that. Because uh, <laughs> that's, like, a kind of a twist. But, um, yeah, it's kind of like that. So if, you, if you've watched any of those, then it's basically that. Uh, really tropey. Like, there's not too many, like, surprising things. Like, you can see twists happening a mile away. So, yeah, the story is kind of, like, tropey. But it's, it's still it's still okay. Like, I'm still... You know, kind of invested in seeing what's going on and stuff, but uh, it's really good. I, I can see why a lot of people really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm having a good time, so I'm I'm excited to play the rest of it uh, a little later. All right, so now we got some anime because uh, I've really been slacking on anime. So, <laughs> yeah. so the first one we got is quintessential quintuplets. Uh, Travis recommended this to me. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so I watched the first season, uh, and it's really good. You know, it's very meant to girlfriend e like in style, I guess. Like you know, it's just like rom com, harem sort of deal. And, you know, I don't watch a lot of these. Like, I really only watch Rent a Girlfriend in terms of that style of genre. But uh, this one's really good. I uh, I like how, you know, the show... Obviously, it has all the harem stuff and has, like, some fan service and whatever. Like, uh, you know, that's to be expected. And that's fine. But I like how it goes into each of the, the sisters and, like, sort of, like, you know, tells them your problems and stuff. And it's like, oh, like, you know, the main character wants to help them be better people and, like how to like overcome whatever they're facing and stuff and you know it, it could kind of have a wholesome edge to it and i like that you know, sort of just help them with their own problems and of course you have your funny moments too and stuff uh but i, I kind of do like how the main character doesn't feel like a uber like dickhead <laughs> like mm-hmm. um what's his face uh from Futura. girlfriend oh uh, yeah yeah Futura. like yeah, he, he's a cool dude like he generally seems like he cares about them later in the series because you know the whole premise of the show is like he meets one of them and he's like, okay, I'm just going to use them for their money because he's getting paid to tutor them because they're <laughs> stupid. But, you know, over time, he actually does, like, start to care about each and every one of them. And, you know, that, that's really nice. And I think later in the series, like, you could tell they all really care about him and stuff, even though some of them are, like, cinderay about it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do think it's a nice angle for the show. And, obviously, the hook is, like, oh, who does he marry at the end and stuff? So, you know, you kind of want to root for your favorite girl. I kind of I, I kind of like the, uh, the MILF, not MILF one. And I forgot her name. <laughs> Ichika? Yeah, Ichika. And uh, what's her face? The shy one. Miku? Is that her name? Miku? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those two are my favorite. Uh, Travis likes the Cinderay one. Where I'm like, okay. Yes, Nino. I, I could tell go. she's the most popular one, I think. So. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think the show is really good. I, I really like um, all these moments, and I'm excited to watch season two. Um, I'm probably going to start it like probably after this podcast, honestly. So um, yeah. yeah, really good. Uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and, I love this shit, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as you like, tell. comedy, romance, slice of life, get me in there. And the drama stuff, like, bro, season two, you're ready. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, it That's has more saying. drama, I guess. Yeah, because uh, the first season doesn't really have too, too much drama. It's more like just getting to know everyone, which makes sense. You want, like, a good foundation. So I guess mm-hmm. during the next season, they could start upping the drama and stuff, which is, you know, always good. <laughs> All right, but next I have Demon Slayer season two, so um, I watch all of them now because uh, you know the whole first half of the season was just a train arc again. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched the movie, <laughs> so yeah, cool. But yeah, uh, the Entertainment District arc has been really good so far. You know, I think um, you know now that I'm watching the show again, I'm like, oh man, I really like you know the main trio. You know, I think the main trio of Demon Slayer is always really fun. They always get into different shenanigans and stuff. It's you know like they do a bunch of wacky shit. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, the visuals are still really good. Like I think the UFO table really does a good job mixing the 3D and, and 
you know, I'm sorry, the CG and the 2D stuff together. I know some people don't really like it. I think it could look a little not great in like, you know, when Tanjiro is like, you know, CG for no reason for like two seconds. And <laughs> that's always going to be a little weird. I don't know why they do that. But like, it seems to be like an artistic thing and not really like a budget thing. So I don't know why mm-hmm. they keep doing that. But it doesn't happen enough to where it bothers me. Like, I think the main demon, which I, I don't know if I should say because like spoilers, but like the, the thing they do like looks really cool. Like, you know, whenever they do their attacks, I think that's really neat. Um, and the new fight scene that happened in the newest episode was just like, oh, this shit was beautifully animated. Like, <laughs> they, they do, like, you know, they always do such a good. I don't think it was like episode nineteen levels, but it's getting there. Um, you know, just like all the breathing techniques, like and how they visualize it is always super cool. Like with the fire and the water, like it just looks so great. And in terms of the story, I think it's really cool too. Um, I don't. The only really complaint I have is like they're kind of doing the thing while La Shonens do with Tanjiro. Where it's like. Well, I, I don't know if this is really a spoiler, but it's like, oh, my dad is important. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, like, I, I know a lot of other things that do that. I'm so, like, okay, I get it. But um, but besides that, I think, you know, Demon Slayer is still really good. Like, I, it's kind of like how I feel about My Hero at first, where My Hero also doesn't really do too much new. It just does it really well. Obviously, My Hero doesn't do too many things too well anymore. But um, <laughs> Demon Slayer is kind of like that now, where it's like, it's not going to blow your mind uh, how unique it is, but it does what it does really well. And that's kind of what you watch it for, right? It's like a super solid shonen with great animation, a pretty good story, and that's what you watch it for. And that's still how I'm feeling about season two, if not like a little more than season one. Like I, I, I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, um, really, really enjoying it. And the, the intro is really good. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I mean, Demon Slayer, you know, as a manga reader, I can't really say much, but season two is so far so good it is it is super duper enjoyable and i'm glad where we are where we are right now because a lot of people are getting excited about demon slayer again and rightfully so because uh the entertainment district arc is is pretty good and you are seeing the good parts of it right now so um but yeah like you said the animation everything about demon slayer is back with you full table at the helm so very very exciting to see you know uh tanjiro zanetsu inosuke all of them back together because you know the shenanigans that they get that they get up to are are still funny and hilarious so yeah demon slayer is still super duper fun uh now let's talk about my recent activities uh the the one game i've been playing a lot other other than valorant which i don't really want to talk about valorant because you know it's valorant um (laughs) fortnite so fortnite is a game that i have not played in many many years ever since it really came out i think like season three was like the last season i played um but recently i picked it back up because uh certain things were happening in my life so uh you know i was just playing it uh and then the uh the new battle pass came out and spider-man was a part of it so i was like oh shit am I really going to play the battle pass to get Spider-Man? And I was like, I guess I am. Cause I'm not going to pay like a hundred something dollars to get to the end of the battle pass just to get the Spider-Man skin, you know? So I was just like, all right, fine. I'll just play Fortnite. And honestly, like Fortnite's kind of fun when I'm just like doing the missions and just like chilling out and not trying to like be like a super sweat and like build like these one by ones and like these build fights and shit like that. Cause like, you know, I'll do like a very basic like build fight and like maybe kill someone, but like, I'm not, I'm not out here, you know, like Fortnite pro high sense, you know, editing and shit like i the way that these pro players edit is like insane if you ever watch like a live stream or like a vod of like these fortnite pros it's like fucking crazy um (laughs) and i honestly like i some people will probably get a headache just like watching them like edit and shit and like do everything that they can to like win 
a build fight and I'm just like, what is going on? I can't do this shit. Uh, my wrist would fucking break if, if I were to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, I got the battle pass. I got to 100 levels, which pretty much completes the entire battle pass. And I haven't played it since, but honestly, playing Fortnite throughout, just like trying to get the battle pass and trying to get the stupid ass Spider-Man skin was kind of fun, honestly. Um, I, I had a, a, a good time just like doing the missions and just like, you know, just having fun with it. Uh, I know that there's some talk about like the uh, the sort of like loot pool, if you will, with like Fortnite or whatever, because like they rotate like guns and things like that with the uh, AR with like the uh, red dot sight. Yeah, that shit's broken. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, SMG that shit's also broken. Um, and you know, some players are talking about like removing them or like changing them, which like I kind of agree because like those those weapons are fucking annoying when I just get beamed from across the map by this stupid ass fucking AR. But yeah. Fortnite's fun, you know. It's it's still like a very good battle royale, and I think that the reason for it is because of the building aspect. And really, it's hard to beat something like that. I think that we've seen so many battle royales come and go since Fortnite, and Fortnite is still around. Say what you will, it could be because of the collabs. It could be because Epic just has so much fucking money that they could just throw at it, and it'll still be alive. And you know, there are still kids and still people playing it to this day. And I don't blame them because Fortnite. Friday is kind of fun. Um, but moving on from there, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, me and Damien watched this uh, on Netflix. This is a movie about this, uh, I guess, like creative musician or whatever. Uh, yeah. And he's played by Andrew Garfield. And it is it is about a real life story, like based on his life, which like I didn't know. I just went into it because Andrew Garfield was in it. And I was like, I heard it was good. So let's see what happens. Um, and yeah, it is really good. And I think that... Uh, the musical sections and sort of like the songs and dances are very very fun um and yeah it's just it's just a good movie with fucking andrew garfield in it and some other actors that you may or may not recognize from other movies so um yeah definitely give it a watch uh if you have like two hours to spare it's on netflix like i said so definitely worth checking out you have any comments damien yeah no I, I thought it was really good as well like i i heard it was like you know a good movie like andrew garfield has you know it's like oh you only know him in spider-man but you know watch his other shit because it's good I'm like, okay <laughs> so um yeah i've already heard about this movie when you know when you said it i'm like oh yeah i heard about this and yeah it was really good you know it's like a i guess it is a musical that's like kind of meta because like it's about a musical <laughs> so mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought, like, a lot of songs were catchy. I thought the story was really good, you know. Has some good, you know, some, you know, happy moments and sad moments about what you expect and, like, a more maybe drama-filled thing. But mm-hmm. uh, it was really good. Like, you know, I don't usually watch these type of movies either. But, um, you know, now that I've seen it, I'm like, yeah, this was good shit. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think Andrew Garfield is, like, good in, like, things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, him and Hacksaw Ridge, um, my man, <sighs> fucking killed it um moving on from there euphoria so season two is currently on hbo max uh they are doing it weekly because you know all of these streaming services have realized that hey you know if we if we release episodes weekly we can keep the conversation going with our show and keep it on social media which is a smarter idea than to just drop all of the episodes at once have it be on social media for maybe a week or two now you know however however many episodes you have you can keep the conversation going so now you know i guess people realize that euphoria is really fucking good so now season two is out and people are talking about it um so my brother was pretty much egging me on to watch it so i was like fuck it i'll watch it um and i talked about season one many many episodes ago but it's pretty much like uh think of like any like teen show like degrassi riverdale 
uh, 13 Reasons Why, but like Euphoria is actually fucking good. Like they know how to tell a story. They know how to direct as well. Like the directors that they get for for the the episodes, like I could instantly tell within like this first episode, like this shit was directed like very very well like the shots that they get uh especially within the uh, party scene because there's always gonna be a fucking party scene um you know those shots in that sort of like area was like so so well done um and this first episode back for season two was pretty much what i expected they are expanding on other characters they are advancing the storyline um i don't remember too much about season one there are definitely certain characters like when I was watching it, I was like, all right, wait, who's that character's name? The only character I remembered was obviously like Zendaya um, and, and a few others, but um, Euphoria is really, really good. Like if you have HBO Max and you haven't watched Euphoria yet, like just watch it. It is so, so good. Um, they actually like do a very, very good job telling the story of every single character within the show within a sort of like grounded level to a certain extent. Obviously, like, you know, it is taking place in high school and like these kids are like doing like hardcore drugs and shit. And like, it's fucking crazy. But like, obviously, like there are certain certain areas uh, that may be more familiar to this than others, obviously. Um, and it is definitely going to the, the much more extreme route of like telling this story of like high schoolers doing like very, very bad things clearly for entertainment, but at the same time, like they do it really, really well. And I think that, uh, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, you should definitely check it out. Um, moving on from there, let's move on to some wholesome shit. So we got Comey can't communicate the anime. It finally ended on Netflix. I definitely could have went online and like looked up, uh, you know, the final episode before it went on Netflix or whatever, but I decided to wait. Uh, and yeah, this is like a perfect adaptation of the manga. And I think that people that have been reading the Komi manga for years now are probably very, very happy and very, very satisfied with this adaptation, as I am with myself as a sort of like newer Komi fan. Um, yeah, they really adapted this show really, really well um, from like the obviously like the animation isn't going to be like super duper good like i mentioned before like the first like two or three episodes like they're animated fucking beautifully especially the first episode but obviously like as time has gone on you know they've gone a little lazier with it not to say that as like a super bad thing but like it is a slice of life anime so like there's no reason to have the animation to be like super stellar and super spectacular um but you know the situations the uh, moments the voice acting the music everything about that you want within a anime adaptation like Komi this this adaptation does it right and there's gonna be a season two that'll be happening in the spring I believe so I can't wait to watch that because honestly Komi Komi is a series that is so so good and I cannot wait to see more people enjoy uh Komi can't communicate because I've been reading the manga over the past year or so so uh if we could go and get more you know stories animated that's gonna be super duper dope um okay so this next one I literally started rewatching it uh or, or not like rewatching it so like i i watched the first three or four episodes and then i dropped it and then nope. i recently decided to like pick it back up again because i'm like i know this shit's gonna be terrible but i want to finish it because i don't want to leave it on like my drop thing on my any list so i was just like fuck it um so it is osa hopefully i fucking say this shit right um os osmake rom-com where the childhood friend won't lose so pretty much I think this is a fucking harem where literally every single girl has a connection to the main character in some way, shape, or form as a childhood friend. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's 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 really fucking bad. I'm gonna be honest. Like the way that they tell the story is just like I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, one episode, like 
I don't want to spoil it, but I, I, I was just like, this is so fucking cap. What am I? What am I watching? What am I listening to? Like, what is going on? Um, yeah, it is. It is really far out there, and, and I'm glad someone in the uh, crunchy row comments um, said something on like episode five or six, and was like uh who's who's back to watch this fucking really shitty anime or something like that not not obviously those exact words but pretty much like back for another week to watch this really really garbage show that's a rom-com but i'm watching it for some reason because why not i don't know it seems it seems like it's not gonna get any better here honestly like with girlfriend girlfriend like honestly it is on like sort of like that level of like trashy but at least girlfriend girlfriend knew that like it knew what it was doing. This right. one's sort of like, it's in like this weird middle ground where like, because like the art style and like the way that it's animated is sort of like within the realm of like much more, um, I guess like uh, good, like rom-com anime. So it looks like quintessential quintuplets, but the story and like the dialogue is not anywhere near that that level. So I'm just like, man, what the fuck is going on with some of these episodes? Um, it's only 12 episodes. Uh, the light novel slash manga is still ongoing, which is fucking crazy to me. Um, because, like, I don't know how this main character managed to, to befriend all of these fucking girls when he was a kid. Um, but, yeah, obviously, like, there's more to the story that I'm giving out here, just because I don't want to spoil it if you want to watch it. But, like... It's pretty bad. I'll talk about it again next episode uh, of the podcast when I finally finish it. But yeah, I'm kind of, of just like speed running through this because I kind of just want to see how this fucking train wreck ends. Like at least with like <laughs> domestic girlfriend, like that was like enjoyable to watch, you know, like that shit was like enjoyable trash. This one is just like, man, like I don't know what I'm watching. Um, but anyways, uh, let's talk about some manga. Your name, Another Side Earthbound. I talked about the light novel um two episodes ago and i said that it was a pretty good sort of like side story for the your name uh storyline and i can say the same thing about the manga it doesn't give it as much detail as the light novel obviously but you do get the same sort of like main idea and like the main points of it i read through this a lot faster than the light novel because it is a manga and there's less words and less sort of like describing things and whatnot um but if I had to pick one, if I was pressed for time and wanted to just like read it and sort of like get it done and over with, I definitely would have read the manga. But the the, the light novel is a good alternative too. So really, it's it just about preference on how you want to consume this sort of like your name side story. So it's not necessary either. Like if you watch the movie, you don't need to read this unless you want to see more of these characters in their sort of town and like their everyday lives and some backstories here and there as well. So, you know. It's worth checking out if you want to see that kind of stuff. Uh, Shikamori is not just a cutie. Uh, this is a manga that Kofi bought for me as my Secret Santa gift. So thank you to him. Um, and I kind of threw it on my wish list just like last second because I was like, oh, you know, like this was sort of like recommended to me because uh, like on the back of the first volume, it recommends it to readers of Komi Can't Communicate and Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. And if you know me, I've watched and read both of those. So I was like, all right, fine. Uh, let me go and see what this one's about. And it's pretty much about uh, this high school couple. Uh, you have uh, Izumi, I believe, and Shikamori. Uh, and Shikamori sort of like... Uh, she she looks out for um uh, Izumi a lot and it's cute it's wholesome it's very uh it's very much what I needed at the time because uh, I was going through some shit so you know definitely um a sort of like romance uh, slice of life uh rom com if you will uh that I needed and it is getting a anime 
it is getting a anime which i had no idea uh it is going to be coming out i think uh april so that is that's that's kind of close which is kind of exciting because i do want to see how this one's going to get ad- adapted just because of how well Comey did so you know getting another one of these sort of like you know cute cutesy romance slice of life comedy shows is going to be a lot of fun and i think that this one is definitely worth checking out especially uh if you like Comey, nagaturo tagaki-san etc so um and then last thing we got here spy family so this is most likely going to be after chainsaw man uh the newest sort of like shonen that's going to pop off uh this is a weird shonen because it's not like an action shonen necessarily it's more of a comedy slice of life sort of ordeal so um let me just describe it again uh to anyone that doesn't really know what spy family is it's pretty much about this guy uh twilight he's like a very renowned spy um and then he's tasked to infiltrate um a sort of uh, very high profile person and he's going to do that through his kid uh, so what he has to do is that he has to form a family. So he gets a kid and he also gets a wife. And what he doesn't know is that the kid has a special power and so does uh, the wife. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of lying and, and, and a lot of um, uh, funny moments because like uh, as the reader, you know everything that's going on within a certain situation and you could see them all lying to each other to a certain extent. And it's uh, it's very funny when the kid Anna because like she's like very cute and she has a telepathic ability so she knows everything that the characters are thinking so sometimes the characters are thinking some like out-of-pocket shit and she's just (laughs) sitting there as like a kid like what the fuck is going on um so yeah when this anime comes out which I believe it is gonna be in the spring as well uh this shit's gonna be fun like it is gonna be so funny and I feel like that this this series is is gonna pop off uh, once the anime comes out if they do it right because it is being worked on by I believe Cloverworks uh, and Inwit Studios so like really oh. you can't go wrong with that yeah um, <laughs> so damn. you know Spy Family definitely when the anime comes out definitely check it out because I think that that this one is is worth is worth seeing because now I'm like five and a half volumes deep um i'm working on volume six and you know they they keep making it more and more interesting somehow i don't know why uh and it is still super duper fun and super duper sort of like lighthearted, fun uh funny still as well um so yeah uh that is pretty much everything i've been doing now lastly last part of the show we're gonna talk about the twitch.tv uh tv watching meta so um before we get into anything, Damien, what did you think about this quote-unquote meta even being formed to begin with? All right, so I, I think this is really stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, when I, when I saw, like, you know, uh, Pokemon, like, I, you know, I wasn't really aware this was really happening until Pokemon was started streaming Avatar, where I'm like, okay, she's just straight up streaming Avatar. Like, I'm like, okay, she's mirrored it and everything. I'm like, what is this? Like, 2008 YouTube, like, when we cut things mm-hmm. in three parts and shit and put it on YouTube. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought that was crazy. Um, and then I, I figured out that everyone was doing it. People were watching, like, Hunter Hunter and, like, MasterChef and shit. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, usually I'm, you know, I, I think the big companies always, like, they get too happy with the DMCA, DMCA bands and stuff. Um, you know, if someone shows, like, a tiny clip or react to a clip and then they get copyright strike obviously that's bullshit and that shouldn't be a thing that happens mm-hmm. but i think the companies are in their right to like copyright these streamers because they're straight up just like 
you know, streaming the whole goddamn thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that's, you know, that's a pretty natural thing to be like, okay, we won't do that as streamers. We won't, like, react to your whole episode content because, you know, that's your content. Unless they have, like, a deal or whatever. Like, like maybe it's on Amazon Prime because I know that you could do that if people have Amazon Prime. You could do that on Twitch or whatever. But if you're just straight up, like, you know, streaming that content and you, like, flip it around because you know it's wrong, then, yeah, you should probably be punished for it. And, you know, I think Pokemon game ban for 48 hours for it is totally justified because... You know, that's it's fair. <laughs> like, you know, we, we all know you're not supposed to stream straight up content like that. Like, people don't blast, like, but they do blast music, but like, not like super DMCA able music. Like, people panic. It's like, oh shit, like, I can't put this music here. I'm gonna, my whole VOD's gonna get muted. So, yeah, like, obviously, you can't do that with like a TV show either. I think that's well in the company's right. So, yeah, I think it's really stupid. Plus, I think it's just lazy content as well. Like, I think yeah. that content is just lazy in general. Like, I don't mind it too much. But when you're straight up just watching stuff, like, I feel like that's a little too far. Like, I think having watch parties are fun and stuff for friends. But mm-hmm. I feel like with streamers, it, it feels like, like okay, now we're just being a little lazy <laughs> in terms of content. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, um, uh, obviously, like, there's a huger discussion around, like, uh, sort of, like, the viewer and um uh sort of like streamer relationship yeah, with social the, social yeah. uh, what was it <laughs> i forget what it was oh, but you know that, Andy, yeah you <laughs> parasocial relationship and all yeah. and all that but like you know uh our friend group we had like this discussion on like sort of like react content and everything like that and most of us we don't really we re- watch react content creators i would yeah. say like uh when it comes to like you know people watching like clips or whatever or like you know funny youtube videos i'm just like eh, you know like i don't really like doing that or like i don't really like it when big streamers do that because it's like if they're streaming to like twenty thousand people right that's twenty thousand views that the content creator lost on in a sense mm-hmm. especially because like you know that's that could be ad revenue that could be pulled for their channel obviously like it is sort of like quote-unquote free advertising and you know they will get like a few subscribers and a few viewers that will go to their channel and watch their stuff obviously like i'm not denying anything like that but um i always thought that like react content like you said is like lazy and not really like content creating if you will so um you know when it comes to them watching straight up tv shows and anime you know when i saw xqc just watching hunter hunter i was like what the fuck is going on here um and then this guy's toast watched pretty much all of naruto i think he's he obviously skipped the filler but you know him watching all of naruto i was just like what the fuck is going on here um so yeah, and then when Pokey streamed Avatar, I was just like, well, I'm watching Avatar. I'm not really here for Pokey. Because, like, I don't really watch Pokemon like that. You know, like, I'll I'll tune in every now and then to, like, see what she's doing. But, like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit down and watch, like, two to three hours of Pokemon. And the last time I did that was with Avatar. Before then, I can't even fucking... I can't even remember, honestly. Um, so, you know, this whole, like, TV meta thing, I can't even believe that this was, like, a meta, quote-unquote, because it just seems so ridiculous and so far out there, especially because, like, you know, there were obviously some streamers, like, Moist Critical, that was like, hey, you know, like, you guys know you're not supposed to do this shit. And, like, no, no, no company in their right mind would allow this to happen, I would say. Like, even if you were to, like, buy the Blu-ray and shit like that, you know, because, like, that's, like, 20,000 people you're streaming it to. So, you know, this whole, like, meta and and everything going on with it, it just seems ridiculous. Not to say that I didn't participate in it. 100%. I was watching fucking Toes Watch Naruto. I was watching Pokey <laughs> Watch Avatar and shit like that. But, like, you know, um, sort of, like the bigger story which we'll get into later but you know um them getting banned is justifiable and i think that the company's you know actually doing something about this and maybe even twitch 
you know, allowing this to happen for so long. You know, the fact that Toast was able to stream Naruto flipped for however many episodes and then, you know, do it with Death Note as well was kind of ridiculous. But, you know, we'll talk about the next part of the story when we get there. But, you know, them getting banned seems justifiable. And I think that React content, you know, people will watch it, which is sort of sad because, like, I don't think React content is, like, that good, in my opinion. I don't know. It, it just seems like, you know, them watching someone react to something isn't something that I would want to watch myself, you know? Yeah. That's probably just me and probably just us, obviously. But, you know, maybe there is some sort of appeal that I don't know about there. Um, but, you know, I don't mind, um, for example, when, like, C-Dog VA, uh, he has on his most uh, viewed video for like his uh, highlights uh, channel for his streams, uh, it's a uh, watch and don't laugh and like he'll like don't and he'll donate like however much money to like charity. I don't mind those kinds of reactions just because like that's going to charity and, and there's like an actual like purpose there. Uh, you know, don't laugh sort of thing, you know, but like when it's just like Tosh is sitting there watching uh, Naruto or whatever, I'm just like, He's not doing anything. What the fuck? <laughs> you not know? Transformative. Yeah, like Jeremy actually did like a stream where it was like uh, he also did like a you laugh you lose, but he also did the if I laugh I donate money to charity. Like you know that seems like more incentive. Like as like you know you're putting yourself out there as a like a content creator while still like reacting to it. Like you know you, you know you're doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just like a potato watching like Naruto. It's not like that's like you could do that in your own room. You know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> like it's not really like it's not one is not really transformative and two it's kind of just like boring. It's like why why is this here like you might as well not even be there and like it just be twitch chat watching naruto you know what i mean which is mm-hmm. not, that's entertaining in itself you know watching like like oh pepe hands like someone oh my god wait it. that just reminded me of like yeah. those youtube channels i would do like 24 hours of like family guy yeah, or like yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like whatever stupid ass tv show because i'm like they were getting away with that for a little while before youtube shut those down i think yeah so yeah, yeah i mean you know who knows maybe these uh these studios could do the same thing i know the avatar youtube channel does that but like they have like these weird like filters and like they like clip them weirdly as well with like the avatar show i don't know they should just like have like a a like thing going on like 24 7 of them just like playing the episodes in order but that's just me that's just my opinion <laughs> yeah i mean I, I was okay when twitch was doing like the you know like the what was it? The Power Rangers shit or the Pokemon mm-hmm. episodes? Like that was fun because you got the interaction with Twitch chat. Plus, like it's legal. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's like you know, there's no streamer there. Like it's just you, Twitch chat, in the show, and that's fine. Because you know, one, it's like yeah, when it's legal, and two, it's like you know, I feel like the content creator isn't being lazy because there's no content creator. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it's just a matter of taste and stuff. Wherever you like this reaction content and stuff. I mean, I feel kind of the same way about more story-driven games, too. Like, I don't really watch streamers play that stuff. Like, I'd rather play it myself because it kind of feels like a show anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I know that's a little different. But, yeah, I don't know. When I feel like it's more like I could just do this myself than well, I don't need a streamer. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see people make the argument oh you know because of twitch chat which like is fair because like honestly when i was watching naruto with toast like you know twitch chat was definitely like the one one of the reasons why i was watching it because like people in twitch chat they know what's gonna happen next and they just want to you know type some dumb shit or whatever um same thing with uh, avatar with pokey like you know people just typing in dumb shit uh and then and i want to see that and i want to you know laugh at it or whatever so um but you know that's not that's not enough for me to really um uh support or not like support these what's the word i'm looking for um i guess i get behind it i guess it's like another way of saying it as well um 
but yeah it just seems it just seems weird that they were even doing this to begin with especially as such big streamers on twitch and and especially two of the you know biggest ones on the platform to begin with and you know it is is it is definitely a weird time for uh twitch or whatever but yeah yeah, the whole this whole meta has been like just a mistake. I'm gonna be honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, this has been one of the worst metas that have happened recently, just because it's been like so like lazy. Like, I feel like these big content creators could like they feel they could get away with anything really and like be fine. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if this was anyone else, like I feel like DMC ba- DMCA bans are pretty like harsh. Like, Pokey just got oh, I just got 48 hour banned and I'll be back and probably get more viewers because people like I'm like, well, Pokey got banned. What the hell? And then they go and watch mm-hmm. it like the next day. So. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of these big streamers know they'll be fine with it. Like, they, you know, they would just get, like, a slap on the wrist and that's it. And I don't really feel like that's fair if I have other people who, like, follow the rules. And, like, they'll probably get, like, punished harder if it was them. So, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. like a whole weird mess. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can tell that these streamers have never dealt with YouTube DMCA shit. Cause, like, yeah, because that would just you ruin know. your career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And, like... Uh, with the more recent one, I forget what his name was, uh, something Mark or whatever, but he got oh, yeah, hit with yeah. like the uh, Toei animation shit. Yeah. And I think recently on Twitter, he said that he was coming back or something like that. So that's cool. That's good to hear. But it sucks that like a lot of his content and a lot of his videos got taken down because of Toei animation. And like, you know, streamers don't have to worry about that shit because they've never had to deal with it. So, yeah, I mean, it. It's definitely like two different sort of like worlds when you're looking at it, you know, because like, um, you know, as a content creator myself, you know, obviously on a much, much smaller scale, um, I've dealt with, you know, DMCA and like copyright claims and shit like that. And that shit's fucking annoying, especially from, you know, Nintendo, especially. Holy shit, man. Um, I will never forget when uh, when we used to do like gameplay footage over the uh, podcast or when mm-hmm. I would put gameplay footage over the podcast i don't do that shit any anymore because for one it takes too long to render and two um i i just don't see it as like a feasible thing to do for like a podcast anyways uh one time i one time i did pikmin 3 and one of the cutscenes got copyright claimed by nintendo and i was like what the fuck is this shit man are you serious um and like obviously like back then with like uh everything with like the uh, music and shit like that you know every everyone was making a fucking amv with like lincoln park stuff and like i was doing (laughs) i was doing that shit too honestly and you know that was a fun way to make content at the time obviously you can't do that shit anymore without you know having to have your uh monetization taken away and maybe some people don't don't care about that and you know they'll still make uh amvs and shit like that but like obviously like that form of content has quickly died out because of all of the copyright claims and shit like that but yeah, I don't know. It just feels like that these big content creators are kind of just playing a game, which we'll talk about on how Toast sort of like staged it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, so this is like, this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Toast, like, he also got banned because I think he was streaming, what was it, Death Note? Yeah, he was, like, he was oh, streaming I'm in, like, Death Note. Yeah, I was like, I'm in the last episode, Death Note. And then he got banned, you know, before the last episode. And he made like a whole thing. He's like, oh, you could wait like 20 more minutes or whatever. Um, and then he said, oh, I'll see you guys next month or whatever. And, you know, yeah, and people thought, oh, yeah, that's natural. You know, he got banned because he was watching Death Note or whatever. But then more news started to come up that uh, Lily Pichu, you know, one of his friends was like, can you, like, ban me for, like, 48 hours? And then she was like, okay, I guess. And then he got banned. But it wasn't, like, from, like, whoever made Death Note, right? It was, like, her ban. And mm-hmm. this is, like, a whole stage thing, I guess, to get, like, attention. I, I, like, I don't really understand... What's the point of this? Because one toast is very popular, and 
Two, like, I don't know what kind of statement he's trying to make. Because, yeah, you stream content that's not your own, that's barely transformative. And then you're saying, oh, it's the company's fault. And usually I'm down for blaming the companies because usually it is their faults. But at this point, it kind of isn't. Because, again, you're streaming their content without really doing anything. Uh, and now you're trying to make some weird statement saying, like, oh, like, yeah, it's their fault or whatever. And then, like, I don't know. I, I just don't really understand what the point of any of this was. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, uh, when he was explaining on how he did this uh, on stream, you know, he said that like it was all planned, this and that. You know, he pretty much staged it. He got Lily to a DMCA claim, uh, which, you know, people were freaking out because, you know, they were like, oh, no, I can't play her music on stream. But like, obviously, like she was like, no, 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 no. They, like she quickly went on Twitter to like explain herself, which I, I, I feel so bad for Lily because she always gets pulled into this drama. Like whenever it comes to like offline TV members, she always gets pulled into this drama when like she obviously like doesn't want to be like she just wants to like chill play games and like sleep that's all she wants to do which is like fair enough you know like she can do that because that's just the sort of like influencer that she is and people will still come to her streams whenever she does streams and shit like that but you know she had to like explain that like hey you know you can still play my music on stream everything like that you know tosh just asked me to do this thing you know and i was just like what the fuck is going on here because uh i guess toast wanted to well for one uh promote his new merch uh, and two, uh, he wanted to show on how, I guess, like broken the DMCA system is, which is like nothing new on Twitch. We already knew that it was bad, especially if we, especially since like it was like years ago where they were like hey you know streamers can't play music on stream. And like a lot of streamers were just like, oh, fuck it. I'll just continue playing music. And like obviously some of them you know got banned because of it and people were like yo what the fuck and then they they started mass deleting vods and like that shit happened and now with this whole you know tv watching meta it seems like nothing's really happened yet with these sort of japanese companies or you know uh funimation or whatever you know no one's really attacking these twitch streamers and they aren't really you know um uh sort of targeting them for dmca claims it seems like that it was mostly stage obviously avatar is viacom so maybe that was actually true that pokey got banned but like obviously like we don't know uh who banned who because of now of all of this shit because now they're like staging stuff and like trying to like uh sort of you know, oh you know like the the uh, system's broken and like you know shit like that like obviously we people have always known that like copyright systems and like dmca claims have always been broken whether it's on twitch or on fucking youtube like we've always known that this shit is flawed all of these systems are fucking flawed like there's actually no perfect way to like really like do this shit other than with bots and like the bots aren't gonna work 100 percent of the time and that's fair because they're fucking computers and they're machines and there's gonna be certain things that you need to fix about them um so, you know, Toast sort of like staging this whole thing seems a little weird and doesn't seem exactly all that great. You know, he, he said that he was like bored and shit like that, which I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, I get it that like you're trying to like make a statement here, but like there's obviously like other ways to do that. Like you you signed a contract with Twitch. You could have obviously like talked to them and maybe like done it behind the scenes instead of like making like this whole big thing about you watching Naruto, you watching Death Note, and then you getting banned and shit like that, you know? It seems like that there were definitely other ways to really voice his opinion on this other than just like, oh, you know, I'm gonna just watch these shows and see what happens. Honestly, I felt like he wanted to get banned, but he just never did. And now when Pokey mm-hmm. got banned, he's just like, 
oh, like that's what kind of wanted to happen to me because I felt like he just wanted to make some weird statement, and then when he just didn't get banned for watching like all of Naruto and then Death Note, he's like, okay, I do it myself. <laughs> and <then> he just <laughs> did it. Like, I don't know. It kind of feels weird, like really weird chant, man. Like I don't know. I feel like he's it's mostly just for attention for himself and like just to like get like viewers on him and stuff again these big streamers don't even need this amount of viewership really like they're fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i really don't understand what the point of any of this because they're not really helping anyone like i feel like on youtube is more important for this type of discussion because on on youtube you're a lot more vulnerable like we've seen like really big content creators get completely like destroyed because you know like their content just gets dmca for no reason like years after those videos may have been made and stuff because like oh some new company is like oh this is my content now so like i'm just gonna take it on twitch is a lot less prevalent like obviously Obviously, like your, you know, your vodka get muted and stuff and whatever. But I feel like DMCA bans on Twitch isn't as bad as things like on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like on YouTube, I hear mm-hmm. way more about this issue than on Twitch. And the fact that Twitch streamers were streaming like MasterChef for like a month or whatever and then didn't get banned at all, like that, I, I think it's like the opposite issue on Twitch where I'm like, it's like you could do whatever you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Twitch has been a. Uh has been the wild west of uh streaming and gaming and just like on time and uh, online content creation in general for a long long time i mean like when we were looking for poke mainstream of avatar we saw amaranth playing fucking just dance and like some like very very like you know pretty much not wearing clothes if you will um (laughs) so you know twitch obviously not the perfect platform there's a lot to work on here but then again they're fucking owned by amazon so i don't know what the fuck they're doing and amazon you know they don't they don't know what they're doing with twitch they sort of just seem to like just let twitch do its own thing and you know people will still continue to come to the platform because of its content creators and shit like that and i'm sure that that's one of the reasons why ludwig left you know because of you know he's he sees twitch and he's like well shit you know they're not really doing much or maybe youtube just threw a fucking bigger bag and you know, uh, because he is a content uh, reactor, Andy, uh, he got hit with a lot of copyright claims on YouTube. <laughs> so that shit, car, you know, <laughs> you know, that should happen very, very quickly for him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, Toast and Offline TV, you know, like I've watched them for a year, quote unquote, watched them for years now. You know, when they first came up as Offline TV, you know, like I was watching them a lot. And then the whole uh controversy with like yvonne lily and fedmeister happened and i sort of like distanced myself from them but just because of like i don't know it just seemed weird that like you know shit like that was still happening between them and like they're all like adults you know and like i don't know and then like there and then other stuff came out later with like fed and pokey and like i don't i'm not gonna talk about that stuff obviously but just yeah i don't know i've just been distancing distancing myself from that sort of like content group for a while now and also because like they bring in like a lot of their friends and i'm just like who the fuck are these people (laughs) um so you know like it just seems like the offline tv like as sort of like a a sort of like streaming sphere has just gotten way too big and too out of control for my liking personally um and you know it just seems like you know maybe toast has a bit of an ego here and maybe he just you know thought that something was going to happen sooner or later or you know he like you said he was gonna get banned like instantly after watching maybe like five episodes of naruto but he just fucking kept going and he was like shit i watched the whole series now now what you know so yeah, it just seems like uh, it's it's definitely a Twitch thing, but also like these offline TV people need to like chill out. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's just a lot of like the bigger Twitch streamers need to like chill out and like 
I don't know. I think they've gone too big, bro. <laughs> I think they need, uh, like, <laughs> they need a little more than a slap in the wrist. Like, I feel like them just getting banned for 48 hours. Like, maybe it should be a little longer. It'd be like, hey, don't do that. Like, they're supposed to be setting examples for everyone else. And then when they yeah. start going like ape shit, then it's like, uh, well, now what? <laughs> Look, corruption starts at the top, right? So yeah, like, true. <laughs> if, if XQC is still streaming Hunter Hunter, you know, like... I might watch. I might tune in because I like Hunter Hunter. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, Amazon, Twitch, please fucking do something because, like, this is not cool. This is not right, you know, sort of thing, you know, like, legally because, like, they could get in trouble even more yeah. um, than, like, these streamers, you know. So, um, but, yeah, you know, we're going to wait and see because, obviously, like, there have been other streamers that have streamed some other things. Myth streamed fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! And, like, yeah. he quickly deleted his VODs, like, instantly. Uh, I think when Gosu came back uh the legal legend streamer he was he was fucking streaming code geass and he said there's nothing to see here and i was like all right cool bro stream code geass do what you want to do you know uh and i'm sure that there's a lot of other streamers and content creators that are streaming shows and shit like that that we just don't know about you know um but you know it is what it is you know react andy content creators are a thing just because twitch chat is is funny and entertaining people like watching that sort of stuff so um but yeah you know i guess that's sort of our stance on it it's it is what it is at this point <laughs> yeah I, at this I'm, point we just gotta see the next new meta and it's even dumber <laughs> than this one so i'm just i'm just fucking tired talking about twitch and there's stupid ass shit that's going on in this stupid platform but <laughs> um is there anything else you would like to add good sir? uh no i think that's everything all right, so thank you guys for listening to the first episode of the Travis and David podcast of 2022. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Later.